put on. That's a, that's a part of promotion, just another level of, of influence for God. So I want you to believe for yourselves as well that God will work in your own life uh, and see what God does there. So thank you for your partnership. You guys are just doing a phenomenal job in this nation and reaching far and wide, which is just so good. Hey, the trachoma offering for the blind, the final amount came to, don't clap until I've finished, all right, <laughs> to over $8,000. I said don't clap. <laughs> Disobedient. When I'm preaching, that's when you keep clapping, you know, when I don't have to ask for it. <clears throat> that means we will be able to prevent 13,500 kids and women from going blind or partially blind. So how good is that? Also tells me something else. You guys got a lot of money. It's an on-the-spot offering, $8,000. Just. There's wealth in this place, which I'm very delighted about. <clears throat> I wonder how many of you need some sort of a breakthrough or are hungry to encounter God in a greater way, greater dimension of His presence. If that's you... And tonight is set aside specifically for you. Music team's working, working really hard. A lot of multimedia items. It's going to be different. It's going to be a bit more creative than usual. But uh, we're going to really believe God to go right into His presence. You know, in His presence is where the power is, where breakthrough is, where the impact of God takes place. And uh, it's, uh, if you're really needing a fresh touch from God, I want to encourage you to join us in the service tonight. I'll tell you this much, you can't set aside time to seek God and worship and for God not to do something special in your life and in your circumstances. Father, we thank you as we come now to your word. Holy Spirit, we welcome you and we just ask that you will speak powerfully, clearly and distinctly. Lord, let your anointing flow in a powerful and wonderful way. In Jesus' name, we pray. Bless this message now we ask in your precious name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Imagine you're standing outside the White House in America. You just have a few things that you would like to raise with the president, some social issues, some financial matters, and you just need a couple of minutes of his time. So you tell the guard, I'd like to see the president, please, and he says... Uh, What's your name? Then he looks at his list and he says, <laughs> I don't see your name. Do you have an appointment? You say, oh, do I need an appointment? He said, you sure do. So you ask, well, how do I get one? Well, you've got to ring the staff. Okay, what's their number? Sorry, it's confidential. Can't have it. Well, how can I get it? Well, it's better that you wait till they call you. You say, but they don't know who I am. They don't have my number. They say, well, then they probably won't call you. 
You're disappointed? You're thinking I was so close to the president's office, to his front door. But you were separated by fence, a guard, staff, secret service. Then there's some invisible barriers. You have no clout, no status. President's busy. He doesn't know you. So your chat with the president is not going to happen. Unless the president takes the initiative. Looks outside his Oval Office, sees this fine young Indian man. <laughs> says to his security, I like that man, I'd tell him I want to see him. All of a sudden, all the barriers are gone. Staff will let you through, the guards will let you through. Secret Service will let you through. And you can get in and see the President of the United States. Well, it's very fanciful thinking, but you and I all know that you will never be invited to see the President of the United States. But when it comes to God, you can walk right in. You don't need an appointment. You don't need status. There are no guards. There's no barriers. There's no time restraints. You can stay as long as you like. Entry is being made available to you. Every separation has been removed. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly. Everyone say boldly. Yeah, to the throne of grace. You're going to see as we go through this message today that although it says that most of us don't go boldly to the throne of grace, there's reasons for that, which we will see. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So think about this. You can't get to see the president of the United States, but you can get to see God the president of all presidents. It doesn't make sense. If you can't get to that first low-level president, how on earth can you get to a higher-level president? How, how is that incredible thing made, being made possible? Well, something happened. Something amazing happened when Jesus died on the cross that opened the door for you and I to go right in to the presence of God. Let's go to... Matthew chapter 27, verse 50, Jesus on the cross. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil or the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. Let's go to the temple. There's this holy of holies where the manifest presence of God dwelt. That's where his power was. That's where there's breakthrough. That's where there's healing. But the problem was in front of this Holy of Holies is this curtain that blocks entry. No one could go in, only the high priest, and he could go in only once a year. Two of Aaron's sons decided, hey, we're going to go in. They went in, offered us a sacrifice. Guess what? They died. When God says no entry, he means no entry. 
You go in at the risk of your life. The curtain boldly declared for over a thousand years, this far and no further. Access denied, no entry or else. Huge message given to you and I. And so what did 1,500 years of the curtain communicate to mankind? It said this, God is holy. He is separate. He's unapproachable. And I think that's still our problem. Despite the curtain being gone. We know that God is good and that we are not. And so we're not sure that we can go into his presence. We think, God, well, what about the fact that I messed up last week? People I yelled at lost my patience. And God, you know my sin struggle, that addiction I have, that problem I have. God, no, no, no. I don't think I can... Yeah, I know I've got access into his presence, but I'll just go very hesitantly. And even if I get it there, I'm not sure he's going to listen. Because he's going to probably list all my faults. So what do we do? We hold back. We're hesitant. We're reluctant. We can feel far from God. But then there's the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, the curtain that blocked entrance was ripped in two. As if the hands of God had been waiting over a thousand years. Think about it. For this moment in history, this pivot in the history of the world, when God himself would grab that curtain that blocked entrance into his presence and rip it in two. And say to the world and the followers of Christ, come on in. What was once forbidden territory is now being made available. The unbelievable had happened. The unthinkable, the impossible, the incredible. You just can't go into God's presence. That was a message throughout history. And then suddenly... God saw fit to change that. The shut door is open. Do you know that the curtain was 60 feet high? 30 feet wide? 12 inches thick. I mean, this is some curtain. I mean, this is God saying, hey, <laughs> there's no way through here. They say if you had... Two teams of horses pulling the curtain. They would not be able to rip it in two. Only God would have the strength to do that with his hands. And I want to suggest God was not going to leave it to some human ability or, or mankind to make way into the presence of God. No, he was going to do it himself. And he did. So you and I can't get to see the president. 
but we can get to see God himself. Why? Because an astronomical price has been paid. A price that I don't think all eternity will be long enough for us to appreciate fully what it cost God and his son to come to earth, die on the cross, this excruciating, painful, unthinkable, humiliating death upon the cross. And he did it for you, and he did it for me. Why? So we could have access into his presence where mankind previously could never go. Friends, don't ever forget the price that has been paid. When you come to sing, when you come to worship as we will tonight, friends, let's remember the price that has been paid. Let's remember the cross. Let's remember the suffering of our Savior, the man of sorrows. Because if we don't appreciate that, I think we're not going to fully realize the access that is now available to us. So the barrier of sin is down. But the problem is this, friends. We can put the barrier up. The curtain has been ripped in two, but we can have a curtain in our hearts, a veil that says I'm not worthy of his presence. I'm not good enough to go before God. And he will see me as I am with all my faults and weaknesses and mistakes and sins. And yeah, God, I know I can come in and yeah, so I'll, I'll, yeah, okay, God, I'll tiptoe in, but God, I don't really expect you're going to welcome me, love me, hear me, answer my prayers, let alone breakthrough. God, I'm unworthy. And so we're back to the beginning. I'm not good enough. And so we hold back. I think some of us don't even know we're holding back, but we just do it anyway. And we think maybe if I... Sing long enough, loud enough, harder. Maybe, maybe I'll just get through. No, friends, the door is wide open. You can walk in any time, any place, anywhere, any day, whenever you want with any need. And you have an audience with the king. Now, the reason this veil comes up is that we live in a world of closed doors, shut doors. Our homes are fenced all around gates sometimes. We tell people, stay away unless invited. Society's full of rejection, isn't it? We often feel not accepted, not welcome, not worthy. It's all around us. We face it probably most weeks. Somehow we feel rejection from someone, somewhere, somehow, someday. I, I, I feel it myself. We all feel it. We live in a world of shut doors and rejection, and then suddenly God comes in and says, hey, open door. We think, oh, man, can't put my head around this. And even though you don't think it outwardly, subconsciously, it's still there. Door's a bit shut, really. You know, you can get closer to God. How many of you would like to get closer to God? I got a testimony this week. It's probably the... Best testimony I've ever received. Maybe apart from people getting saved. This testimony said this. I joined the church in the three days fasting from media, technology, TV, computer, and all the rest. He goes on to say, I got closer to God than I have been in a long time. 
The day the fast ended, he said, I was in auditorium one, and I felt God's glory hit me like a tidal wave. Then he says this, this fast from the media has changed my thinking. Now I watch a lot. Everyone say a lot. I watch a lot less TV, add to that computer games and all the rest. I watch a lot less and I spend a lot more time with God. I thought someone would have jumped and clapped and shouted at that point, but... <laughs> Thank you for that required clap. <laughs> Friends, you can't beat getting closer to God. You know, we throw out some of these opportunities, prayer and fasting. Some take it, some don't. But honestly, friends, these things can change your life for eternity. This is eternal life, John 17, 3, that we might know Him. Wow, so thankful for that testimony. Let's just look at a few keys to entering God's presence. Let's go to Psalm 22, verse 3. We read these words. <clears throat> you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. I wonder how many of you would like to see God enthroned in your circumstance today. Whatever's happening, whatever's going on. You'd like to see God all over it. The key? Music, worship, praise, singing. God inhabits the praises of His people. To me, the fastest way to bring God on the scene for my life and the weapon I use most is the power of song. The harder it gets, the more I sing. It's just the way, because I know that that is the answer. God comes when we begin to sing, when we begin to worship, and when we set aside time specifically to worship God. You've got to believe, friends. He's going to do something in your life. He's going to do something in my life. See, the whole purpose of worship is for the King to come in His power, to work among us. If we don't understand that, that it brings His presence, His power, miracles, breakthrough, healings, answers, then our worship and singing is in danger of becoming a form, a ritual. It's just saying, oh, well, there's four songs, so let's get through it, now let's get on with the announcements, get to the preaching. Sooner the better. Why? Because there's no expectation that we're going to encounter God. There's no expectation going to change my life, I'm going to be set free. Something powerful is going to happen. Good songs does not mean good worship. Thank you for the overwhelming response. Good music does not mean good worship. Good service does not mean good worship. Sometimes it's a program that was good, not the worship. And we're in danger of services being planned to please the people more than to please God. Scary, isn't it? We can focus more on the presentation of the service than on the presence of God. Yet it's all about His presence. Friends, that's the only time things happen is when you touch the presence of God. In the Christian music industry now is a multi-million dollar industry. The danger is we can end up worshipping the music worshipping the worship, if you like. Music becomes an idol. 
But true worship is not so much about songs, or not just about songs and good music and good, good lyrics. It's about God coming in His power and changing lives. There's three stages to worship. The temple had three compartments or rooms. It had the outer court, had the holy place, then had the holy of holies. The third place is where you want to get to for breakthrough, for healing, for encounter, for transformation of your life. So we start off in the Thanksgiving, Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. That's the first step in almost to the holy of holies. You want to get into God's presence, you've got to have a thankful heart, friends. Anytime, you just always got to be thankful. I encourage you, no matter what happens in your life, be supremely thankful. You know what I want to suggest that you do? Have a standard statement about your life and just say to anyone and everyone, my cup overflows. Just say that. Just take that. That's what I do. That's my stance in life. My cup overflows. God, it can't get much better. You know why, friends? Because I'm saved. I live in a great nation. I have a family. I have a roof over my head. I have food on the table I can eat. I've got clothes to wear. I'm ahead of 90-odd percent of people in the world, friends. My cup overflows. Tell the person next to you, your cup overflows. Come on, church. Yeah, it's true. I'll tell you what. You take that stance, they'll struggle to wipe the smile off your face because you just be smiling all the time because you know you're ahead of 90% of the world. That's why God, you know, I think God hates complaining. He looks at, us, looks at me and he says, Tuck, you, and you dare to complain? All that I've done in and through your life. Thanksgiving, it's important. Then we go to praise. Thanksgiving involves the body, praise involves the soul. We get into the holy place. We praise God for his character, who he is. Often there's raising of hands and clapping and that kind of thing takes place. There was a couple and the mother, they prayed. The husband had been an alcoholic for 30 years, miserable home, miserable life. They prayed and prayed 30 years. I wonder if you've prayed 30 years for anything. One day they hear about this power of music and worship and singing. So they thought, well, prayer hasn't worked. Let's get into this. They began to praise. They began to worship. Within a very short time, not only was the husband set free from being an alcoholic, he was also saved by the power of God. That's the power of song. That's what we're going to do tonight. And if you would dare to believe, God can do something powerful for you. Then we go from out of court, holy place, thanksgiving, praise, into worship. That's when we're starting to get to the holy of holies. That involves our spirit. We enter deeper into the presence of God. And uh, John 4, 24 puts it this way. John 4, 24. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So when you get to worship, you know you've got there because your spirit connects with God. You feel his presence. It's, it's fantastic. You love it. You don't want to leave it. That's when you want the singing and music to go on and on because you're connected with God. That's what our free worship is meant to be about. But it can happen at any part of the service. And that's when, when your spirit connects with God. Boy, I tell you, you're being changed. How many of you reckon you're different to what you were five years ago? You're better. You're better. Yeah. And all the wives said, Amen. Pastor, this one hasn't changed much for five years. Can you preach that again? Can you say that again? 
Yeah, I'll say it again. How many of you have changed a bit in the last five years? Yeah, come on. We're changing. Why? Because we worship God. You become like what you worship. Think about that. You want to be like God? Worship Him. And more, it's a transformation into His image and His likeness. Okay, so what we're going to do, just remember this. It takes conscious effort to worship. All right? You can't have your mind in the bakery. Okay? And you can't have one eye shut and checking out the talent across the, you know, looking for a future husband or wife. I've seen some of you. I've watched you and so I see some of you go, especially where there's some good-looking young man or lady there. And I know you do, do that. Do you know why I know? I did it myself. <laughs> and it worked! God helps those who help themselves. All right, let's move on. <laughs> We're going to believe for three areas of breakthrough this evening. First one, breakthrough into greater strength. Do you need more strength with what you're facing today? It says in Psalm 8 and verse 2, Psalm 8 and verse 2. It's, it's a great little verse. You may not have read it for a while, but here it is. Out of the mouths of, mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Are you needing to silence the enemy? Huh? The avenger? Need to shut him down? Music. Praise. Shut him down. Quiet him. But Matthew talks about um, about praise there, and it ordains strength comes as a result of singing as you lift your heart to the Lord. It gives you strength on the inside, more than equal to every challenge. Many of you know the story of that lawyer by the name of Spafford. He lost everything in the Chicago fire. Sent his wife and his four kids on a boat overseas. The boat sank. Gets a telegram from his wife saying, you know, the four kids have drowned, only I have survived. This was the midnight hour where he needed strength like never before. So in that moment, he turned to worship and he wrote the words of that hymn that some of us know. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Friends, when you're a person of worship, true worship and true praise, it doesn't matter what's happening in your life. You're going to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. <laughs> Friends, you can't wait. You can't wait till it's all going well before you say that. Friends, you've got to say that in the midst of the trial because then God is who he is. And God is impacting your life and you're not like those who don't know him. Strength we're going to get tonight. Secondly, worship can set us free from addictions, sin habits, weaknesses in our lives. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, we're transformed from glory to glory. It's like there's an impartation of God into our lives. And finally, worship releases miracles and healings. A lady had her fourth child who resented it deeply. She didn't want another kid. She heard about the power of song, so she committed herself to singing and worship towards God. Committed herself to it, friends. That's the key. Not long later, she got cancer in her arms, both arms, severely, severe cancer, couldn't even do her housework. One day, this four-year-old child that she had resented comes up to her and says, Mom, can I pray for you? She said, Yes, you can. This four-year-old prays for her mother, and she's totally healed of cancer by the power of God. 
The key, friends, trace it back. Come on, track back, track back. Worship was never lost. Praise was never lost in the midst of the trial. And in the end, years later, the Lord of the breakthrough operated and worked in that situation and did a great miracle. What does a turn, what does a torn curtain signify for us today? It says we are welcome to enter into God's presence any day, any time, anywhere, any place. It's available to you. All barriers, all barriers are removed. The barrier of sin is down. The curtain is gone. It's time for you and I to go through the outer court into the holy place and then into the holy of holies where we will meet with God, bathe in His presence and His power can work miracles in our lives. It's time to worship the King. Amen? Say the musicians, please. It's going to be good tonight. It's going to be good. But, you know, it takes effort, doesn't it, to actually worship and reach out to God. It is an effort, a decision you have to make to do it. But if you do, God, the Bible says, draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Just going to sing the chorus part of, Your presence is heaven to me. Why don't you stand together?